Welcome to Infoblox Threat Talk, where you'll find the latest thinking on how to tap the full potential of the cloud while making your network more reliable, secure, and automated. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Krupa Shivatsan, Director of Product Marketing at Infoblox, and I have with me Craig Sanderson. Craig, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm the uh, Vice President of Product Management. I'm responsible for the security products at Infoblox. Awesome. And today we are going to talk about our brand new improved product called Blocks One Threat Defense. And um, Craig is going to cover some of the uh, you know some of the points around what is Blocks One Threat Defense, how is it different from our previous security offerings, you know, what are the use cases and what type of organizations can benefit from this product. Right. So with that, uh, let's start, uh, let's dive right in. Um, Craig, so what is Blocks One Threat Defense? So Blocks One Threat Defense is a hybrid architecture based on DNS that allows us to provide malware mitigation and data exfiltration prevention services. Essentially, what we've seen over recent years is DNS has increasingly become the control plane for the adversaries. Uh, much as DNS is a control plane for your network, it's increasingly a control plane for the malicious actors who are out there. So what we've done here is to combine the power of cloud services with the on-premise footprint of existing DNS services to provide a unified architecture for malware mitigation. Okay, great. And I think um, Infoblox has been in the DNS security kind of business for a while. Mm -hmm. So I know that with Blocks One Threat Defense, we've enhanced a lot of the capabilities. Mm -hmm. We've added some unique differentiation. So how is this different from what we've been doing in the past? So Infobox has been in the DNS security space for well over five years now. And over that time, we've built up a series of capabilities to make on-premise DNS services essentially security aware to allow them to become a foundational pillar of security architectures. DNS is pretty much pervasive, it's everywhere. It's on your corporate network, in your public cloud, private cloud, and of course, even for roaming users. But from a security perspective, those security capabilities have been deployed separately. Now, DNS itself is inherently capable of sharing information to operate as one unified system. That's how DNS works. That's why it is a global foundational pillar of the internet itself. So what we've really done here is try to combine the power of the security services that we deploy on-premise with security services on DNS platforms, both in public and private cloud, but also as part of a SaaS service so that we can extend that protection to roaming users and to those remote sites that may not have an enterprise class DNS service. So essentially now you've got this ubiquitous system which operates as one unified architecture. So what happens in one part of the network can be identified by a particular DNS service, that threats and visibility into those threats can be detected and shared across the entire infrastructure. So we've really brought together a unified security architecture that is based on DNS, taking all the capabilities, the threat analytics, the threat intelligence, and all the other capabilities that we've developed over the past five years into a single unified architecture. Right, right. And and I believe now with this Blockchain Threat Defense, you've seamlessly kind of combined the on-premises components with the cloud-based components to provide that uniform, you know, detection anywhere, protection everywhere, right, right at scale. Right. I think that hybrid architecture, I believe, is something that's unique um, to Blockchain Threat Defense. It, it is. I mean, one of the things that's happened over time is... Uh, a lot of organizations might have security services deployed as a SaaS-based service, 
Sometimes they deploy on-premise, but again, you've now got those different islands of security that have to be bridged, and quite often that bridge is, is normally human. The fact that DNS inherently has that, that integration between disparate DNS services, the fact that security is separate and a silo doesn't make any sense. So we're the only ones who've really brought this together. We're the only ones who have both the SaaS-based service as well as the on-premise services as well, which we unify into a single, uh, single architecture. Awesome, awesome. And, and what threats can we detect with this architecture? What are some examples? So by ingesting threat intelligence, so list of known malicious domains and IP addresses, we can identify and block clients from reaching known malicious domains. So that's something where you can either use the intelligence that we provide in for blocks, or if you've got your own threat intelligence sources, you can essentially infuse that into your DNS services. And the nice thing about DNS is because it's ubiquitous, you now have the ability to provide that blocking capability, that enforcement, truly globally. And not only can you do it globally, but because DNS services tend to be deployed very close to the clients, you also get great visibility into those clients who are essentially exhibiting some form of indication of compromise. So traditionally, for most organizations, they're trying to build a security architecture with disparate security tools and platforms and trying to bridge them together. It's kind of like a jigsaw that doesn't, has a series of pieces that don't actually fit together. And that normally results in high operational costs because organizations are having to bridge those gaps with humans. With DNS, because it has though, the natural interoperability and the natural automation that is required for networking services, we're essentially repurposing that for security. And so that's becoming become increasingly important going forward because organizations are going to struggle with things like digital transformation. So... Right now, it's going to be, you're going to start to see things like IoT, which drives requirements around scale. The movement to the cloud means that you know, basically the applications and the data and the users, like all those sorts of things are going to be potentially anytime, any place, anywhere. And we're also seeing it from a networking architecture point of view with transitions like SD-WAN. So the old method of funneling all your outbound traffic through a centralized gateway you know, backhauling the traffic, that's not happening anymore. So how do you replicate a security stack for those remote sites. So digital transformation is forcing organizations to rethink their security architecture. And the current kind of uh, deployments that we see have grown organically over time. What organizations have done is they've responded to threats. As the threat landscape has changed, they've deployed point products. And it's kind of like building a house without a blueprint. You kind of built it organically over time. And it's built on a foundation of sand. And going forward with digital transformation, that is not going to get you where you need to get to. So you need a ubiquitous, scalable platform, one that's flexible enough to deal with the different transformations. So whether it is devices being deployed, like an IoT device deployed in a connected car, or a workload being pushed to the cloud, or clients using or connecting to the internet via SD-WAN, you need a ubiquitous, scalable platform that can provide the enforcement and also to make sure that DNS doesn't get abused as a protocol. So essentially what we've done is we've taken DNS and because it is ubiquitous in all those places and because it works as one unified system, you get the, the opportunity to be able to share information about threats in an automated manner using a standards-based protocol. So within DNS, we have things like response policy zones that allows us to distribute threat information automatically using a standard that every DNS server in the world can basically use. So I think this is an opportunity for organizations as they rethink their security architecture to put a solid foundational underpinning so that as they add different security tools and platforms, 
they've got this unifying underlying architecture that can stitch it all together. And one of the things we've done with InfoBlocks with Blocks on Threat Defense is essentially harness the power of that underlying DNS architecture using our cybersecurity ecosystem to share both network and security context with the other tools and platforms. By combining all those pieces together, it should become a standard way by which organizations underpin their security architectures going forward. Awesome. So, so what I'm gathering is, you know, it's not just for organizations who have traditional networks, but it is for those organizations who are embarking on digital transformations like IoT or SD-WAN or hybrid cloud. And you can offer that same protection everywhere, and despite what type of, you know, deployments they have on their networks. So, Craig, you mentioned uh, ecosystem and, you know, working with the rest of the security staff. Does Blocks on Threat Defense do anything to improve the ROI of that security staff? Yeah, I mean, quite often, most of the security tools and platforms, they operate reasonably well, but they quite often can't be automated in their actions or in from a security operations point of view in automating the investigations because you're quite often missing important context. A context truly is everything. And context really takes two forms. One is the actual security context. So when we block a malicious domain, it's important to be able to share that information with other tools and platforms. So if a client is trying to go to a ransomware domain, we can block and contain it anywhere using DNS. But because ransomware moves laterally across networks, you'd want to use a tool like a NAC platform to quarantine at the switch port. Well, that only happens if we share that security context, that threat information with the NAC system itself. And so our integrations with the likes of Aruba and with Cisco and with Forescout, that allows us to automate the blocking based on the security context. But it's not just about what we know as a security vendor. It's also important about the just the raw DNS and DHCP data that is inherent to a DNS platform. So I'd be able to share, for example, DHCP lease information when a vulnerability scanner tries to work out what to scan on the network. How do you know when a new workload has been spun up in AWS? How do you know that a new device, an IoT device has been plugged into your network? So the line of business decides they want to roll out a new application as IoT, they plug it into the network. How is this network security administrator supposed to know that that's happened? Well, one of the ways we can do that is, regardless of what the application is or what the device is, it's going to get an IP address. It's going to use DNS. So just by having the visibility of that network activity, we can signal that to, for example, a vulnerability scanner who doesn't have to hunt around the network for devices that may or may not be there. When it comes on the network, we can tell that vulnerability scanner immediately that this device is on the network. And because we know the DHCP lease information we can generally work out the DHCP fingerprint and we can tell the scanner, don't waste time trying to scan this like it's a Windows PC because it's not. It looks like and tastes like some form of iOS device, like an iPhone or an iPad or something like that. So that obviously also helps speed up the actual scanning process also. So it's that network and the security context combined that makes the other tools and platforms more efficient, more effective, more automated. And that's why having DNS as a foundational architecture, the more pervasive DNS is deployed, the more security aware those DNS services are, the more we can enhance and improve the existing security tools and platforms. That's why it's a logical foundational underpinning for your existing security tools and platforms. Right, right. So so Bloxman Threat Defense is this foundational security that's leveraging infrastructure that they already rely on, which is yeah. DNS, mm-hmm. right? 
And it's also integrating with the, all the rest of the ecosystem tools. So you're not only blocking leveraging DNS, but you're making, uh, you're enabling further remediation with these integrations with the security tools. So I think that's important, as you mentioned, to your point about silos and, you know, companies and security teams don't want to put yet another siloed security tool in their network. Yeah, so, and of course, I mean, one of the nice things about it is quite often, especially with the transformation to the cloud, the concern is I have to deploy additional boxes to the cloud. Well, quite often, organizations deploying DNS services that are run centrally through, through our grid system, and they will extend their on-premise footprint by deploying virtual appliances in AWS or Google Cloud or, or Azure. And so because you have this natural grid architecture, which is kind of how DNS is, is based, you're not having to deploy additional equipment. You're essentially able to double dip. You're going to deploy it for networking reasons anyway. You have to. So you may as well also apply the security services that reduces the footprint of additional devices, especially in new deployments. And of course, when you're dealing with roaming clients, you know, it's very hard to like put a firewall everywhere that those users are going to go. Well, even if a roaming user at a Starbucks coffee shop, they're still going to use DNS, otherwise they can't locate any services. So by ensuring that they are traversing through a cloud platform that can provide those same DNS services, we can make sure we're consistently applying the security policy wherever the user or application on the data happens to be. Yep, great points. So let's talk about use cases. Locks and Threat Defense obviously you know, addresses a lot of use cases that are very relevant for all types of organizations, especially kind of the big ones uh, with distributed networks mm -hmm. and roaming users, like you mentioned. So what are some of the use cases um, that the product addresses? Yeah, so one good example, um, a lot of organizations are looking at uh, SaaS-based security services as a way to provide uh, consistent protection regardless of users' location and, and the rest of it. So obviously that's great, and a lot of organizations are shifting to that. But as you see with like organizations like uh, AWS, even though even they're looking at through things like Outpost, they understand the importance of combining the cloud and the SaaS-based services with, with on-premise. So the way to think of it is, Cloud gives you great cost savings and it gives you great scale and it gives you great interconnectivity, but you do less lose some of the context of what is happening closer to the client. That ability to really understand what is happening on that particular network close to the client. So what we've tried to do is in, in contrast to uh, a purely SaaS-based place, so we, we still want to harness the power, the scale and the, and the ubiquity of cloud, but at the same time, we're going to take that cloud scale and combine it with uh, essentially on-premise enforcement and visibility. So that is the kind of the unique combination that we've put together. And we found a lot of organizations, one use case in particular was uh, a one large uh, US company, uh, I won't go into the particular sector, but for those guys, they were using SaaS-based security services. And what happened was when they lost connectivity from one of their sites to the cloud-based service, and they were using DNS-based security, essentially the... DNS didn't stop working, it just found a backup path and it routed out through a backup path that was unprotected. So not to say that the, the SaaS-based service they were using went down, probably didn't, but because they lost routing connectivity, maybe an issue in the service provider, that meant they, they rolled back to an unprotected path, which is unacceptable for the major organizations. So one of the things that we've done is we've combined the two things together. So what we're able to do, we can apply all our threat intelligence in the cloud However, if you lose connectivity to that cloud, we are sharing that same threat intelligence with your on-premise appliances. So when you do lose connectivity, 
to the SaaS-based service, you fall back to the local resolver, and that local resolver also has the same level of security. So you can combine the two things together to deliver a level of remote survivability, which is going to be critical. The last thing you want is uh, security to fall foul of, of routing issues in the network. Another use case that comes up is really about driving towards leveraging the automation of what is going on with DNS. So a good example is because we have the ability to identify data exfiltration over DNS. So we're seeing a lot of old malware being re-weaponized to exfiltrate data over DNS. So imagine a scenario where you've got a client who's out there roaming on the internet, and essentially what they would do is they're trying to connect to a particular domain and they're going to exfiltrate data. So with our analytics, we can detect that and block it in the cloud. Now, that's all well and good, and we can block it for that user, but that domain, let's call it badguy.com, is clearly a threat to our organization. The old school way of doing it uh, as a purely SaaS-based service would be to send a notification to a SIM or to the security operations team for that customer. But that still relies on that customer to then look at it, understand it, and then decide to apply that block to local on-premise equipment. One of the things that we can do with a hybrid architecture is if as soon as we detect that badguy.com is an exfiltration domain, we can block it for all the remote users who are using the SaaS-based service we can also dynamically update the on-premise platforms using the response policy zone, which is part of the DNS standard, to then go and tell every DNS server, don't go, don't resolve any request for badguy.com. So just think about it. Based on a user at a Starbucks coffee shop trying to exfiltrate data to a malicious domain, you can be blocking it for all those remote users. You can block that domain for all of your workloads in your public and private cloud and for all your corporate users. And it's all done automatically using a standards-based protocol. There is no other architecture, at least I'm aware of, that can do that using a standards-based system. And so essentially by combining the hybrid architecture of SaaS-based DNS security services with what we can do on-premise and in public and private clouds, you've got this single ubiquitous visibility and control point. And that's one of the unique use cases that you can do by combining those two things together. Awesome, awesome. I think that was really good information for our listeners. So in summary, Blockstone Threat Defense is this hybrid, industry's first hybrid security architecture that leverages DNS as a first line of defense. It blocks things like your modern malware, like your ransomware, phishing, exploit kits, data exfiltration that you mentioned, Craig, and also... Threat. You can also block threats like domain generation algorithms, fast flux, right? Using analytics, right, to detect these type of zero-day threats. The, the product doesn't just block the bad stuff, but it also notifies and shares that data with the rest of the security stack. So you know you get this network-wide remediation. You're improving the ROI of those tools, but also you're making the threat analysts more productive, taking away some of that manual processes in um, threat remediation and, and threat investigation, um, giving that time to these analysts, because we all know their you know, security teams are short-staffed. And the more automation, uh, you know, the more interoperable tools, the better for, for the security teams. So I think that's great. It's, it's a unique, differentiated offering, I think. Um, and I know a lot of the customers are going to benefit from a, a solution like this. I want to thank you, Craig, for, for all the deep insights into the product and its capabilities and, and you know, what it can offer to customers. And I also want to thank our listeners for listening to this podcast. We will be back with more interesting topics very soon. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to InfoBlox Threat Talk. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about maintaining a secure, always-on network that enables digital transformation, visit www.infoblocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.